From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Daniel Sellerson. D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra. Yeah. And the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Daniel Salerson. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report, the Hump Day edition, and most importantly, a Wesley Wednesday. And when I mean that, I mean David Wesley is in Studio B, co-hosting me today. He is <laughs> Wesley is in the building. He is, is making it rain in Studio B, not with dollar bills, but actually the weather is pretty bad outside, David. Uh, what is it about? I mean, your first co- I thought it would be like sunny skies out there, David Wesley coming in, co-hosting, but what a bad weather day out there it is you know and i need the grass i need the rain for my grass at home so it's it's a good rainy day it's it's much needed uh, my wife was talking about going to some water park and that got rained out so i'm happy about that what what is david wesley doing during the summer what's his off season like right now right now we we had our during this last part of the season we had the bathroom gutted out so we've been working on that for a while it, you know this is the first time we've had all of our stuff since since I lived in Charlotte, in one house. So trying to figure out all the stuff that's made trips that don't belong, trash, and getting rid of all that kind of stuff. And yesterday, I buried a dog fence all day. So uh, I'm nice and tan today and a little sunburn on the neck, but got it done. Also, you you mentioned Charlotte, and now that the Charlotte Hornet Bobcats are now officially the Charlotte Hornets, what are your thoughts on that? Is it, do you I, like it? I, I like it. I, I, I love it, actually. You know, the name originated there. The name should stay there. I think that from from this point on, because so many teams leave and come back or, you know, get another franchise, just leave the name. When teams move, move without the name, start a whole nother thing. And and then when teams restart, if they get that opportunity, uh, you know, like, you know, New Orleans team want to be the jazz. The jazz is here. So right. uh, if, you've, if they left the team name here, then this team would be able to pick up that name and, and move on. And I like the Hornets getting their name back. And I don't know yet what they're going to do necessarily with the stats, but for guys like you who played for both Charlotte and New Orleans, there's a potential that they could split those stats off. Does that really matter to you? Or because it does affect as far as all-time leaders and stuff like that. You're up there with assists in other categories. Is that kind of – how does that affect you a little yeah, bit? Yeah, it, it stinks a little bit. It, it sounds like uh, instead of uh, me playing for five teams, now I played for six uh, because the Charlotte – stats are going to end at 2002 and then my new orleans stats for two and a half years will be here so uh basically it'll probably wipe me out of the top part of uh both teams Mm -hmm. uh which if you put them all together then i you know i'm in the top of the hornet slash uh or hornets categories Mm -hmm. and and now won't be but you know i'm I'm seven years removed from the game and you know a Records are made to be broken and taken down, and oh well, what can I do? Well, there's only one solution for that. Then is that for you to unretire and start building up some of those stats again? Yeah, you know, just get some more. Uh, well, you know what? If I started now, it would be Pelican stats. Yeah, and will that be another team you're on then? That would be <laughs> another team. <laughs> that would, I, you know, because 
you know, I don't I don't know if all the years would would that kind of would I be adding to my old stats from I don't know yeah, Hornets uh, Pelicans who knows that's very interesting hopefully we'll find out more about that uh, later on but David is in here helping me co-host Sean Kelly still I don't know if he's in paradise well, I don't know what he's doing I, I hope he's having a good time yeah <laughs> I hope you're enjoying it Sean right now but uh, David and I are gonna be co-hosting today we have John the Shazer on later on to talk about OTAs organized team activities what players to watch for, talk about the offense and the defense, and also uh, the Dallas Cowboys lost one of their their main defensive guys yesterday, Sean Lee, to injury. We'll talk to J.D. about how that affects teams in their OTAs. There was a basketball game last night, not a very good one in my opinion. The Thunder all over the Spurs, 105-92, and now the series tied up at two. David, I'll, I'll get most of your thoughts in the next segment when we talk the playoffs, but just how about the Thunder making this a series now? Now all four games really haven't been close. It was all Spurs in games one and two and the Thunder in game three and four. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. These teams are, are showing what home court really means, uh, really uh, playing their best basketball when they get home. Thunder getting a Baca back helped. So, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting series. They say series doesn't really get started till somebody wins on the other floor, but uh, it's going to be tough for the Thunder to go to San Antonio and win. We'll talk more about the Thunder Spurs and Heat Pacers coming up next segment with David as well. The Summer League teams are announced. The Pelicans, one of 24 teams. Actually, I'm going to say one of 23. The 24th team is an NBA D-League select team, but they'll be participating in the Samsung Summer League in Las Vegas July 11th through the 21st. Now, David, I don't know if it was exactly in Las Vegas, but you did you did participate in Summer Leagues. How did it benefit uh players when they played in it well I, I think the fact that more teams are going out to this uh las vegas summer league helps guys who are trying to find a spot whether it be for the team they're out there playing for or the 23 other teams uh that are out there i guess it'd be 22 other teams so uh in my case i, I don't think it was that many guys i played in the utah the uh, rocky mountain review my rookie year uh out and then uh, a year later, or the next two years, played in the New York Summer League. So um, not as big and not as many eyes watching. So I think this is a great opportunity for guys to go out, show what they have, and, and possibly make a team. And they make it a little more interesting now with the bracket play. I think you play three guaranteed games against other teams, and then you start um, bracket play. Do you think that kind of spurs the fans a little bit, but also gives the players more time to play more games? Yeah, for those those real fanatic people who you know want to see – certain teams play the better teams play or whatever you know it's it's good for them more basketball and again more opportunities the more games you can play uh, let's say you play bad in the first game then you have more games to kind of show what you have I think it's great for the for the fans that go watch and and also for the players and remember two years ago Brian Roberts played in that summer league and that kind of I would think in my opinion helped him make the team correct certainly uh, if you go out there and you really show what you can do Again, it may not be for the team that you're playing for, but well, in Brian Roberts' case, it was. But then um, you certainly have other opportunities. All right. So, again, Pelicans are participating in the Las Vegas Summer League presented by Samsung July 11th through the 21st. More to come on this Black and Blue Report when we come back. David and I will talk NBA playoffs. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Your Pelicans, led by all-star Anthony Davis, are on their way to becoming playoff contenders, and you'll want to be there to witness it. Newly released seat locations will be available for the public to check out for the first time at our Select-A-Seat event on Saturday, June 14th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center. 
Ticket packages start as low as $150. Visit pelicans.com or call 504-525-HOPE for more info and take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Guess what day it is? Hump day! Well, yeah, and it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Well, as the rejoin just said, it is a Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report, and uh, usually we get David in studio for a segment or he's on the phone, but we have the pleasure today of having him in Studio B for the whole time. And so, is this? I guess it's not your first time in Studio B, but as a co-host, it is I would say. Yeah, this is my first time as a co-host, and I'm having fun. You know, it's it's raining outside. Good to be indoors and. Yeah. Good to come up here and hang out with you. I haven't seen you much this summer. I know. Well, I appreciate it, Dub. And don't forget, you'll sign the door on the way out there. You'll yep. join the elite <laughs> list of players, coaches, celebrities, front office guys. Good. I, you know, I, I want to be up there. I've been walking by that thing from time to time. I'm glad I'm finally going to go going on up there. You know, there's a lot of black Sharpie signatures on there. We got to get more Pelicans yeah, on there. more blues. So yeah. You're going to help the blue out today. Okay. Uh, let's talk more about the NBA again. As mentioned in the first segment, the Thunder over the Spurs last night, 105-92. to Serge Ibaka um, was supposed to be, I do air bubbles here, out for the playoffs. Comes back game three, 15 points, seven rebounds, four blocks. Last night, not as big with the stats. I think he had nine points, but he played 35 minutes. David, is Ibaka the main reason for the Thunder coming back down 2-0 to be tied now 2-2? Well, you have to think that that he's makes an incredible impact defensively. It seemed like in the first two games, uh, Tim Duncan pretty much had his way. Parker getting to the rim had his way, um, as well as um, Ginobili and, and and everybody else driving the basketball. So putting him back in there, kind of anchoring the defense, uh, even if he doesn't put up big stats, his presence certainly adds to their energy and effort uh, on, on both ends of the floor and uh, create some angles and spaces that, that certain guys can't bring. And um, it does help that they were at home. They, they play much better at, at in their own place. So the Thunder did a good job of tying this series up, and, and now they got to figure out a way to win game five. Now it's a who can win a best of three series between these two teams as the, as the Western Conference final switches back to San Antonio. Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant combined for 71 of the team's 105 points. Westbrook alone almost had more field goals than the Spurs starters. Spurs starters 15 field goals last night. Westbrook with 12. Durant had 11 of those. But both of those guys played over 40 minutes. Do you think at some point, I know they're both young guys, but will this cost them a little bit if they get run down too much trying to get over the Spurs and get into the NBA Finals? Well, you'd like to think no. Uh, Everybody's legs are a little bit tired. Uh, But again, they are very young players and this is fun. This is this energizes you. Uh, if you were still playing regular season games at this point, I would say absolutely yes, because you're going to run up against a, a team that's not very good and, and your energy level and your mental focus wouldn't be there. But playoff time, 
mental focus is there. You're finding every way, um, every minute to kind of get your legs back in, your energy back up, you're eating right. And I don't see it being a problem for these young guys. Let's switch over to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Heat have a chance to uh, or make their way into the fourth straight NBA Finals appearance. They're up 3-1 um, tonight. They go back to Indiana. But uh, what is wrong with Indiana? You look after game one. First, they had trouble with Atlanta. Then it was looking iffy against Washington. But then they had some spurts of, wow, this is the Indiana team that we thought of all year long. Same with game one. Okay, this Indiana team came to play. Roy Hibbert was a big factor. Um, then games two, three, and four, not so much. What is it about Indiana? Why Why is it so tough for them to get going and consistently play two or three pretty good games? You know, I, I'm not sure. You know, there was a there was a lot going on with Hibbert, and um, uh, and and he was a big part of the playoff. I think he averaged twenty twenty something and ten last year in last year's playoffs, which made them so much better of a team. He hasn't really showed up at all um, during these playoffs. The way they played, which was a real head-scratcher towards the end of the season, um, you know, you started looking at locker room stuff, coaching, player stuff. Uh, are they? Is everybody still getting along? Is is everybody willing to let so-and-so shine or, or, or you know, defer to, to, to other guys? Stevenson has is, is become kind of a big part of what they do. Is there a little animosity going on? You really can't tell. And then – you get to this Miami series and they come out, they look pretty solid. You're thinking, well, they're going to give them a good run for their money, but Miami just knows how to play. They make teams look bad that are good. And, and right now they're making Indiana look unsure of themselves. They don't, they're not, they're not playing very well together. And then you can't have a game where your best players, um, George Stevenson, don't come out and and Hibbert don't come out and and absolutely dominate and when Hibbert and and Stevenson come out and basically give you nothing you're not going to win that game is part of this the blame on coach Frank Vogel I mean some of this it seems like the players are not on the same page you heard after game four that Hibbert said the game plan really wasn't to go to him and that's one of the problems with him not scoring so him sort of calling out his head coach is this something that Coach Vogel might be responsible for? It also could cost him his job maybe afterwards. I'm not saying he's going to get fired. I mean, you're the one seed. You take your team to the second straight Eastern Conference Finals. But is Coach Vogel part of the blame here, not getting his team in unison? Well, I, I think that's where it starts. You you start talking about coaches losing their jobs. Comments like that is where, uh, you know, he's not just coming off the top of his head. Maybe some of him and other players have been talking about, hey, we should do more of this. Maybe it's Hibbert uh, feeling like I deserve more. And when you got players on the team talking about I deserve, you're in big trouble because uh, you deserve uh, to go out there and play hard, go out there and, and, and try to win a game. But when, team, when players start looking, I got to get mine, you're not looking for me, well, you haven't really produced. Why are we? Why should the game plan be to go to you? Um, maybe they should establish it more. Maybe that would help them. But um, I certainly think that that Vogel might be in a little bit of trouble when you start getting that kind of talk in the media, in the public, players coming out saying whatever they say. So um, it could definitely be everybody's not on the same page when it comes to game planning for the Miami Heat. I want to focus on Lance Stevenson for a second. He had some comments. He says he was trying to get into the head of LeBron James. I don't know if that really works. LeBron says he doesn't need any motivation. His motivation is getting this team 
back to the finals. If you're a teammate of Lance Stevenson, are you coming up to him and saying, don't give this team any more Bolton? Or material, you're a guy that's like, I like your confidence, I like your strategy. I mean, if you were if you were his teammate, what would you say to him? You know, I, I think I think uh, I think maybe too much is put on so-called bulletin board material. Uh, you know, a lot of guys talk about, oh, but we're talking about the Eastern Conference Finals. How much motivation? I mean, LeBron said it right. How much more motivation do you need? We're trying to go out here and win a game. Now to to excite the best player on the planet, to to have him maybe more aggressive than normal, come out early in the game and start going to work. Are you making him more mad, basically? Yeah, I you know I don't I don't know that that benefits you. You know, LeBron LeBron plays each and every game kind of with the flow. Uh, sometimes he'll come out, he'll pass early. Sometimes he comes out, he aggressive score. You don't want to turn him on to think, hey, I'm going to come out here and dominate this game and go get 50 because he can. Uh, I, When I was earlier, uh, you know, I was uh, talking to you about, uh, you know, some guy was playing Jordan. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's Washington, uh, probably Bullets player by, at that time. And they were playing a home-and-home. And the first game, he has one of his better games, and, and Jordan didn't play as well. And he gets in there, and he, he excites him. You know, he starts talking trash, and, and then Jordan absolutely kills him in the next game. So you just – you don't – there's no reason for that. You do like Stevenson's uh, uh, confidence, but I would be I would definitely tell him, you know, let's not give him any reason to, to come out and, and kill us like they do. Did you ever have any or your team have any experience like that where someone on the other team was talking trash either to you personally or your team and you guys either posted on a bulletin board or you guys look, uh, talked about and said, look, we got to give this guy a taste of his own medicine. That happened to you? Uh, we played Orlando in a playoff uh, game, uh, playoff series. I don't I don't remember what, what year, but um, we had home court, and this was a three-game, uh, a five-game series. And uh, Tracy McGrady was on that team. They come down, they split with us one to one. And Tracy McGrady, as he's going back to Orlando, says, uh, "We're not going back to Charlotte." And he was right. Mm -hmm. They didn't come back to Charlotte because we went down there with that bulletin board material, mm -hmm. beat them two in Orlando, and uh, put them out of the series, uh, which. He kind of – Trace McGrady also did it another time later on in his career, not learning from that one, um, said it's good to be finally out of the first round mm. against a team. Uh, you know, I want to say – I can't remember who it was, but he said that and then they end up losing the rest of the game. They get swept yeah. from that point on. So it's just not good – it's not good stuff to do. <laughs> it's kind of like one of those guys that guarantees victory for one of the games. Exactly. It's just – Better off to leave that alone. You you can't guarantee. You can't guarantee there. it, and and you shouldn't try to guarantee it. You should just go out and play it. And if that guarantees it, there you go. All right, one more question before uh, we get to John Shazer and talk about the Saints a little bit. The importance of winning Game Five tonight for Miami. If they win tonight and finish the series, they'll have a full week off before next Thursday, June fifth, when the NBA Finals start. And seeing as is the excuse me, seeing as if the Spurs and Thunder series could go seven games. How beneficial would it be for the Heat to have that full week off and then see the Thunder and Spurs beat the crap out of each other and then kind of, I wouldn't say limp their way in, but then not have as much rest as Miami do? Well, 
when you're playing your playing good basketball, and I know it's late in the season, um, I, I think every player would agree, even in the regular season, playing every other night is always better. Miami Heat are playing well. Do you want to take that really good basketball and sit for a week? Good point. If you're injured, certainly. You want some guys to get healthy. Wade seems to be pretty healthy. Right. Uh, LeBron, healthy. Bosh, healthy. All their guards, all their players, um, they all seem to be – Without, you know, everybody has their minor, uh, you know, dings and everything. But I would think they would almost want to lose <laughs> this game, win the next game, and shorten that time off. Certainly you wouldn't go out and lose this game. But uh, perfect case scenario would be they lose this game, play an extra game, and then get ready for the, the, the finals. All right. So we'll see game five tonight between the Heat and the Indiana Pacers. All right, David, when we come back, it's time to talk with John DeShazer as he'll get us caught up and uh, kind of preview the Saints OTAs. Here's a valuable lesson I've learned as an Intergy customer. Saving energy saves you money. And the online videos at EntergySavings.com show you how. A few simple projects can make a big difference in your bill. In just a few hours, I knocked my monthly bill down by 20%. It was easy. From caulking windows to programming your thermostat, the Entergy videos walk you through it. Visit EntergySavings.com and start saving today. That's the power of people. Entergy. Y'all ready for something spicy? Play mud books from the lottery. You can win up to $2,000. This is how we do it. Spice up your day with mud bucks. Went up to $2,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. The party's just getting started, y'all. Are you ready for mud bucks? Here we go. Pick up mud bucks today. That's how we do it down here. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. It's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Daniel Salerson here. David Wesley co-hosting today with me and uh, joining us on the telephone now, senior chief writer for NewOrleansSaints.com, John DeShazer. Talk about OTAs. J.D., good to have you on. I noticed it takes two of you guys to interview me now, so I don't know if that's a step up in status or what. It does. You're big time, man. Hey, we're coming to you for the goods. (laughs) The check's in the mail. (laughs) Rating spike about to happen right now. Exactly. But, but J.D., uh, OTAs getting underway around the NFL yesterday. Um, for the Saints, uh, who are some players to watch for in the OTAs? Well, I mean, you know, it's pretty light work, but I think one of the guys we, you know, a few of the guys we want to kind of keep an eye on is uh, linebacker Victor Butler. He tore his ACL last year during offseason training and um, was really kind of a, a prized free agent signee last season. So he never got an opportunity to play in 2013 you would hope that him coming back would be a nice addition to a defense that really made a significant improvement last year. And everyone was thinking that the Saints needed a linebacker. And in fact, they drafted a couple. But if Victor Butler is the player that they believe he is, then he can certainly uh, fulfill some of those obligations and fill some of those holes that people believe the Saints might have it at linebacker. But obviously they may do without him last year. Uh, you know, Patrick Robinson comes back, a cornerback. He blew out his Achilles. It blew, excuse me, blew out his ACL in the second game of the season last year. And cornerback depth 
is significant in the NFL now, especially with the way teams throw the football and the division, the NFC South division that the, that the Saints are in. Patrick Robinson being added back into the mix into that defensive backfield. Let's remember he was a starter a couple of years ago, so that should add significant depth for for the Saints, and that and that should help a whole lot. And I think another guy we want to kind of keep an eye on, you know, not that you can gauge a whole lot. It's Traveris Cadet, the, the the running back. He's a guy who's going to kind of step into that Darren Sproles role, so to speak. He was a guy who, you know, the Saints felt a little bit more comfortable with trading Darren Sproles to Philadelphia because they figured Cadet was a guy who might be able to step in and fill some of those multiple roles that Sproles filled. We know Cadet can return the football and kickoffs. We know he can handle punt return duties, although he might not have to do either of those because um, the rookie receiver Brandon Cooks will be coming in the first-round draft choice, so he can fulfill some of those duties. But as a third down back and a guy that you want to get in space on a linebacker on, on on the field on offense, Cadet might fill that role for the Saints offense. So, you know, I think those three guys, you know, will be three guys that we'll kind of want to keep an eye out for. Hey, John, you know, just, you know, as a kid, I always watched football, wanted to be a football player, just wasn't big enough growing up in Texas football. And, you know, I follow different teams, Dallas growing up, you know, and teams that I've played in those cities, the Texans, the the Saints, uh, the the Patriots. But for someone who is just kind of a, a fan but not a fanatic, uh, probably doesn't know what OTAs are. What what Describe that for us. Well, Doug, here, here it is. I mean, it's not a, a, a hard practice. It's it really, really, this is more about mental reps than anything because, I mean, it's a shorts and helmets exercise. So, you know, for a guy to not look good in OTAs, you know, is not a good sign. If he, if he, <laughs> if he doesn't look good in shorts and T-shirt and helmet running around and, you know, no tackling, and, you know, that's not a good sign. But what you get an idea of is, you know, these guys' mental capacity and what they've learned and what they've retained in terms of implementing game plans. So you like to see, like, the rookies, what they returned from rookie mini camp, the rookie camp that they had a, a weekend ago. You like to see if they retain that knowledge and if it, you know, plays well for them, you know, this weekend in terms of what, what they learned in, in, in the film room and, and what they saw, you know, during their camp on the field, a little bit of uh, access that they had. You want to see how they integrate with their teammates. But really it's a lot more mental preparation. Now for guys like – you know, your tight end situation, you know, it might be beneficial to them because, you know, you have a significant guy missing. But, you know, in terms of actual game planning, there's not, you know, a specific game plan. You're not worrying about the Falcons right now, you know, the first game of the season. Right. More so you're, you're trying to make sure that these guys understand what you're doing in terms of installing your offense and your defense. And especially for the rookies, you know, you want to see what their capacity is to, to retain what they've learned and to add more on to them. But, you know, in terms of physicality and guys actually hitting and, and those kinds of things, I think they can't even work seven on seven. It's more 11 on 11 drills. So, you know, and, and there's no, you know, blocking and tackling per se. So, you know, you can't really get a great gauge on what guys can do. Again, if a guy doesn't look good in OTAs, you really have some concerns because he's running around in shorts and helmet. And, and if you can't look good now, you, you probably won't look good at, at any point. Although I will say this, uh, uh, one, you know, one Marcus Colston came in originally with the Saints his rookie year and looked awful during rookie camp. And in fact, you know, the, the word, you know, the Saints coach still tell you they seriously considered cutting Marcus Colston 
after his rookie rookie minicamp thought about not bringing him to training camp. And, you know, lo and behold, you know, seven, eight years later, Marcus Colston now is the leading receiver in franchise history and the leading touchdown scorer in franchise history. So, you know, it's not always a great barometer. It's not always 100% accurate. But for the most part, you don't like it if a guy doesn't look good in OTA. So it's it's not, you know, uh, you know, you you watch ESPN or whatever and you, you see all the stuff. So it's not just the skill positions. It's everybody should be there. Yeah, everybody should be there. Um, you know, now you probably won't have rookies because some of those guys, if they haven't graduated yet or, or their you know, their class hadn't, you know, class didn't out, I think they're not allowed to be there. So, in fact, Brandon Cooks, the rookie receiver, number one draft pick, will not be at these OTAs this week. So, I mean, these OTAs. So he might, you know, join the team later when school officially dismisses Oregon State. But you know, you do get a chance to get guys in, get a little camaraderie. You know, kind of, you know install what you want to see and you know again it, it's shadow boxing so to speak so you know you're not actually blocking defensive ends you're not actually you know run you know blocking and tackling but you are getting the concept of you know okay this is what we want to do if we're running this play this is the stunt we want to run defensively this is the scheme we want to run you know in the secondary this is you know the play we want to run on offense and you want to see what guys mental capacity is for retaining what they what they're supposed to know and and how many of these do they do they normally have is there like several and and uh or is it just one or two over over the, the summer well, um, there are three OTAs, and all of them are 10 days. You know, they can last up to 10 days as far as I know. So that's basically a month's worth, 30 days' worth. And, you know, again, it's, it's you know, kind of none of them are contact. So, you know, it's, it's mostly mental reps. And, you know, now granted, you know, I don't want to downplay that because, you know, you, you want to learn what you're supposed to be doing. That way when you get out there and you do put the pads on you and, and the hitting does begin, guys will, you know, be able to kind of reflexively – go back to what they're supposed to know mentally. So you hope that, you know, they retain, and that's one of the key things. You find out a guy's mental capacity. I think last year, you know, OTAs and, and those things were beneficial for Kenny Stills, who was a rookie receiver last year, but showed a great football IQ and was able to step in and start from day one, from game one. He was really one of the guys who stepped in. And in fact, you know, first day of training camp, he stepped out with the first unit. Some of that was due to injury, but a lot of that was due to the fact that he had a great football IQ, and a lot of that had to do with what he had already learned in OTAs. So, you know, you can get a good gauge of how fast guys can acclimate, you know, mentally to the game through the OTAs. We're talking with John DeShazer, senior writer, NewOrleansSaints.com, talking OTAs. And, J.D., yesterday, Sean Lee, linebacker for the Cowboys, tears his ACL at OTAs. Do you think with that injury, does that uh, keep the Saints alert and other NFL teams alert about how they handle some of these drills? You don't want one of your lead defensive guys like Sean Lee getting hurt. Well, unfortunately, you can't escape that that injury possibility. Last year, the same thing happened with the Saints with Victor Butler. He tore his ACL during OTAs. It wasn't during training camp. It was during OTAs. So, you know, unfortunately, it was during off-season activities. So, you know, you can't you can't totally eliminate injuries, whether it's a torn ACL, which you hate to see happen, or, you know, maybe it's a ruptured Achilles or something, or maybe it's just simply a sprained ankle or, or a strained groin or, or those kinds of things. You can't escape injury. You just have to go out there and play ball and hope for the best. You know, so even though there's no contact, unfortunately, it's not 100% guaranteed that guys can get away from injury. Outside of, you know, totally eliminating them, I don't know what the NFL can do. And even if you, if, even if you eliminated them, 
and you allow teams to, you know, have access to weight work and, and, and those kinds of things. Guys get injured in the weight room. So there's no foolproof way of preventing injury, unfortunately. You just have to hope that guys, you know, their bodies are tuned tuned well enough and, and nothing freakish happened. I, mean, I would imagine what Sean Lee did yesterday was probably something he's done, you know, 100,000 times before. And, you know, it just so happened that on yesterday he tore an ACL doing it. All right, John, uh, talk about the defense a little bit. Rob Ryan, a top 10 defense in his first season with the Saints. You had Jarris Bird, you had Champ Bailey. Um, just talk about can the defense be as good as it was last year? Well, statistically, I think, you know, I, I don't think the Saints mind giving up a few more yards. And, in fact, Rob Ryan, you know, mentioned that a couple of times yesterday. He didn't mind giving up the yards. It's the points that he doesn't want to give away. And this year, certainly, the Saints want to tune it up in terms of forcing turnovers. Only forced 19 turnovers last season, which is, you know, a low total. And so one of the things that Jarris Bird does well, you know, in his five seasons in, in, in Buffalo, had 22 interceptions, and he, you know, he forced 11 fumbles, recovered another four fumbles. So he's a guy who's around the football, and that's one of the things they want to have. Champ Bailey, a guy who's, you know, going to the Hall of Fame on the first ballot when he retires, another guy who can force turnovers and been able to get his hands on the football. Keenan Lewis showed, you know, showed an ability to get his hands on the football last year, and a lot of teams didn't challenge him because, you know, they felt like they could go after the other cornerback. Well, if the other cornerback is a healthy Champ Bailey, then you can do some things, you know, defensively that you'd like to do. And certainly the Saints defensive line proved last year that they can get to the quarterback. So Junior Gallette's back. He had double-figure sacks last year. Cam Jordan obviously had double-figure sacks last year. Akeem Hicks is an emerging force at defensive tackle. So one of the things that they think they can improve on is forcing turnovers. And then you'll trade out a couple more yards if you can force, you know, 10, 15 more turnovers because that's giving opportunities back to that offense that the Saints love to have the ball in their hands because they're one of the highest-scoring offenses in the NFL. Hey John, let's talk about one of the fan favorites, Graham. He, he's he's missing. Is that is that something that, especially at a time like this, where you know, locker room kind of guy and 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 help guys understand uh, where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to do. Is that helping or hurting the other tight ends? Well, actually, I think it's probably you know to to a certain degree is it's a little bit of both. It, it hurts from the standpoint of you have your prototype guy. And so, you know, you can look at him and say, okay, God, without a word being said, watch what Jimmy does, and that's what you're, you know, supposed to do. Now, granted, Jimmy's got physical gifts that, you know, few people have on this earth, but you can say, okay, that's what we want you, you know, to try to do. Now, the flip side of that is by Jimmy not being there, it allows more reps for other guys, so it gives you an opportunity to kind of fit into the offense and acclimate a little bit more with Drew Brees and your other teammates. Jimmy already knows the offense. When he comes in, he's probably going to come in in phenomenal shape. And it'll take him a little time, you know, depending on on how long it takes him to get in. But, you know, he'll be in, in decent shape. He'll be in great shape in terms of, you know, getting back into the offense. He already knows the plays. He knows, you know, it's riding the bike situation for him. But for the younger tight ends, you know, like Josh Hill, who who was a rookie last year, and a couple other rookies on the on the roster, this could be invaluable time for them with Drew Brees and with Luke McCown and, and in the offense because the reps that Jimmy Graham would have had, these guys get to absorb those reps and they get a little bit more work. And so they should be able to acclimate a little bit quicker to the offense from that standpoint. But again, you know, when you're missing a guy like that, you can always look at, you know, look at your young tight ends and say, okay, watch what he does. That's where you're supposed to line up. 
uh, watch this route. This is the way we want you to run it, you know, those kinds of things. So you do miss that from that standpoint. But it does allow them to build a bond maybe a little quicker with Drew Brees and the other quarterbacks. That's John DeShazer, senior writer, senior chief for NewOrleansSaints.com. He'll be covering OTAs this week, and you can also log on to NewOrleansSaints.com for all his work and all the videos when uh, the Saints players and coaches meet with the media tomorrow. J.D., uh, for, before we let you go, how did David do his, for his first co-hosting gig, asking you some of the questions? Pretty good ones. Well, he he might want to keep his day job. That's all I'm saying. Wow. Well, excuse my, me. Keep his, my, no, no, my no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's got to keep his night job because he don't work through the day. <laughs> night job. That's why we. That's why we love you, John, because you keep it real. <laughs> when keeping it real goes wrong, John DeShazer. <laughs> JD, thank you very much for your time today. Uh, anytime, guys. Anytime you need me, I'm here. All right. All right. When we come back, David and I will wrap up the Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an Auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. He has as many Twitter followers as Justin Bieber. It's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. All right, well, we're about to wrap up this Wesley Wednesday from Studio B. Again, our thanks to David Wesley and John DeShazer for coming on today's show. Got a lot of good insight there on some basketball, some football. You learned a little bit more about some OTAs, David. Yeah, I did. I I, I really didn't know. I, like I said, I, I watch and and love to watch football, but some of the the nuances of, of what they go through, how they get to a certain point. You know, you've heard OTAs, not knowing what OTA means. Mm -hmm. uh, found that out today. And so 
just uh, just kind of get a little background on, on what they do to get ready for a season. And I know J.D. described it as them wearing shorts and uh, a T-shirt right. with a helmet on. Does that mean we have a chance if we go out there in a Saints helmet disguised? You know, can we can we yeah. uh, play off as uh, football players? We, we, you know, we would probably uh, blend in for a little bit. And then when I pull my first ha- hamstring, they would certainly know he shouldn't be out here. <laughs> I could probably go for like a water boy or something like that, but I don't think I can yeah. pull off being a football <laughs> player. Ugh. I might get away with it. You might get away with it. Maybe. But anyways, uh, David, what would you think of co-hosting? How about I, it? I, I enjoyed it. I, you know, it's it's fun, uh, you know, getting in here. And, and certainly um, this is the kind of part that, that I would like to get better at interviewing and, and you know, having these conversations. So uh, certainly I, I hope this is a good start for me. Yeah. How about we do it again next week? Yeah, I, I would love to do it. Um, looking forward to it. More of the Pelicans players will be in here working out. So uh, David's going to effort to get some of those here in Studio B, and we'll have those for you next week on the Black and Blue Report. Keep in tune to NewOrleansSaints.com as uh, OTAs are going on right now. John DeShazer will have full reports on NewOrleansSaints.com. We'll have some videos, too. And on Friday, we'll have videos and sound. Not videos. This is a podcast. Yes. We'll have some audio <laughs> from Sean Payton and company from OTAs and the next week again we'll have David Wesley back in here and we'll have some Pelicans talk for you as players are starting to trickle in to do some voluntary workout help us spread the word follow us on Twitter at Black Blue Report you can follow me at D Salerson and uh, David what's your Twitter handle for people to follow you at do you even know it (laughs) at David Wesley Senior at Senior at Senior David Wesley Wesley. four at Senior David Wesley four also you can download the show every day on your uh, phone or tablet using iTunes to search search Black and Blue Report. You can also listen to the show on your Saints and Pelicans mobile app. And of course, I guess you call it the old school version, the desktop, which is now I think <laughs> becoming the old school. Exactly. You can listen on NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Again, thanks to David Wesley and for myself, Daniel Salerson. Enjoy the rest of your hump day. We'll see you tomorrow back here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.